Hi and welcome to this week's episode of the DW Podcast. Uh, thanks very much to everyone that tuned in last week. Uh, we sing our songwriter Tom Grennan. This week I'm joined again by a, a local lad. Uh, I've got MMA fighter Chris Bungard with me, so thanks for coming on. No man, my pleasure. It's just just in the road, so we're all good now. Oh, my timetable too much, not mean. But no, pleasure to be on. What have you been up to? What's been happening today? Well, I got up at half six, well, six o'clock and travelled to Sunderland, a wee place called Seaham. You ever heard of that? No. <laughs> yeah, what, man? But is that the seaside anyway? <laughs> I mean, didn't they spar with one of the best fighters in Europe, uh, Lewis Monarch, who's like a Cage Warriors fighter. He's been in Bellator and Batman and that. So I done like three fights with him. Uh, my teammate, like Paul Craig, he sparred with like the heavyweights, filled the freeze and stuff like that. But then we come back up the road, as you can see, with my face is a bit fucked up. This cut is actually for my my nail man. <laughs> so he hit me with an uppercut, but I came with a blocked uppercut, and he hit me there, and my thumbnail slashed me. It's like I was in the wrestling, like cutting yourself with a, a steel chair shot. You get some fake blood on there. Uh, um, and then I came up the road there straight to strength and conditioning, wishy. So see how many wishy and ours, mate. Which one's worse? Um, <laughs> fucking wishy. It was fucking murder. But um, aye, and then. Bite to heat the end straight out of here, man. So appreciate you taking the time out your so busy schedule to be honest. I started slurring off falling asleep, man. Just slap me. Oh, we're kidding you. <laughs> <laughs> so okay. I could like this, man. My new sponsor, by the way. Monster, shout out to Monster. <laughs> <laughs> you never tell me you're doing that. You should have a t shirt on as well. I'm all getting on this is just to keep me awake, man. What's happening anyway? Aye, so uh, how, do, how does this come about then? You're, how do you find out about the best fighters in Europe down in Sunderland? I suppose you've got a big fight coming up in, in June, is it, in London? Aye, uh, it's uh, Wembley. Um, I just knew, I know Lewis for the scene, like, we're the same weight division, we've come up together, he's been obviously in England, um, but fought in the same shows and stuff, like that. i seen the guys, he's fought all the best and that, so, like, Paul always spars with big Phil DeFries, who's like the world heavyweight champion a KSW that's like a big Polish organisation so Phil DeFries comes up to our gym and Paul goes to him sometimes because they're, they're big bigger guys so sure. you, you need to travel about for the bigger guys and and um, my coach Brian just like do you want to go down get some sparring down there because there's some good guys in there and I was like aye fuck it why not and like Lewis, Lewis is there so me and Lewis just done three fives basically a fight and Paul sparred with the heavyweights, and that was a good man. Good, good tear up, man. Lewis is good, man. Is man. It, yeah. Aye, so it was the guy I'm fighting is kind of like a boxer as well. Good hands and that, so it was like a perfect spar for me. Um, yeah, it's good. So I suppose the, the higher up the ranks you go, the higher up the people that you need to fight, and when you're sparring for the fights. Aye, aye. Well, I've sparred with the best guys in the world. Know what I mean, like I've been going to Dublin SPG for the last five years for fight camps. That's McGregor's job. Yeah, yeah, so like you don't they don't get any harder than the spars over there. Yeah. So I think if if you want to be good at something, like when I went earlier, like like I'm asking them all for the hardest spars, like Connor and Dylan and Dan is for roles, like jiu jitsu roles, that's for people that don't understand what that is, like sparring jiu jitsu like rowing about the deck, grappling for submissions and stuff. So Dylan's like the best in the world, he's American. So I was asking him for roles, a corner for spars, like the rest of them. So I'm trying to hunt out the hard rounds. Like they're no easy, man. You get fucking you get smashed sometimes. You know what I mean? But if you're not willing to put yourself in uncomfortable positions, then you're not really going to learn. Like I've been in gyms where you're the best fighter, and like you're battling damagers or too easy for you. Aye, you're not learning. Like you should 
uh, if you're winning all the rounds in the gym, then you're in the wrong gym, in my opinion. So uh, don't get me wrong, like, that hit squad that the amateurs whooped my ass and all. So it's, yeah, it's all good, man. It's all good. I suppose hit squad, where is that? Is it Glasgow? It's in Coatbridge. Coatbridge. It's in Whiffwit. Uh, so that's uh, my coach, Brian Gallagher. I've got Paul Craig, the new UFC. Um, a couple of pros and some some real good amateurs coming through, some 15-year-olds, 16-year-olds are absolute fucking killers. Um, so, aye, it's, it's, it's a cool, cool wee gym, nice, good atmosphere, no egos, everybody's here to learn. Um, so. And can MD just rock up to that and get involved? Or? Um, aye, well, you can go to like beginner's classes for MMA or jiu-jitsu, like all levels, striking's all levels and all, but like the pro... MMA teams like go to different classes and MMA sparring you, you can't just rock up to sparring <laughs> get leather no when I'm on the mat man it's, <laughs> it's like fresh meat to me <laughs> but uh, but my coach Brian will, will see you progress and then he'll be like, if you want to do the sparring or roll and then he'll give you the green light not I mean you, people get hurt that way but I basically there's a lot of beginners uh, do you ever get anybody come into the gym and look at yourself and Paul and think I want to take them on when they're never near it nah. no <laughs> no no <laughs> I was sparring a mad Polish guy last night. He was like a pro fighter. He just kind of came in to train. And the way, I don't know if... <laughs> you could probably imagine the way Polish train or sparring. He's a big, big boy. It's just like, I've got like five Polish guys in the team. or my teammates, so I'm quite close with. But I've known them for years. Right. And the Pol- they're crazy, right? They just, they've got one speed. <laughs> and, uh, That's not slow. Oh, it's 100%. <laughs> Just follow it all the time, man. Watching two poles spar, and that's that's entertaining. But I uh, they just they, they come swinging, and sometimes you just need to up it a wee bit and just let them know, like just calm yourself. Slow <laughs> yourself down. And they're on their ass, not I mean. But uh, that was last night. But uh, they're just they're wild, man. But I think it's just <laughs> I don't think they mean it. I think it's just that's the, the way they are. Man, I mean. So uh, I suppose taking it back to the start, you'll have told this story a hundred times, but. <laughs> I grew, I grew up under a bridge <laughs> in Holly Town like, like Peter Jakey <laughs> my mum had three titties like the woman at the Total Recall <laughs> so you're from Holly Town aye no born work. and bred in Holly well, born and bred so like these days but maternity aye um, I've just Holly Town boy through and through obviously um, <clears throat> grew up in the Bronx which is Spruce Way Flats which is now Barney Rubble and then I moved to Sunnyside which is the second worst place in Holly Town so I, but I my mum and my papa are still staying Sunnyside, the cross the road to each other. Um, but I just, I love my wee village, I think everybody knows that I love uh, coming to Holly Town and that. All my, all my close friends, my group of pals were all, so I had a wee tight circle and that, but uh, just like anybody else in it, it's, it's like Winston, it's where you're fair, you know what I mean? Totally. It's just, but uh, I, I think that's testament to the people around you that you, you don't forget where you're from and regardless you always go back to that place and you're, definitely. you know you're proud of definitely um, it's just where you, where you grew up your family's there and all your best pals you've came over you know, I don't think I would ever move away to be fair even if I fucking made a lot of money I'd probably buy the biggest house in Holly Town I think I've got a Mayan one in the main street in there. Have you moved into DL Park or is that branching out too much? Oh man, I'm in the in DL Park. I've been a bovel, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus, man. So I suppose just like everybody else, you started playing football rather than. You, you talked earlier on there about 15, 16 year olds coming into the gym, but it was a lot later for you, wasn't it? Oh, unbelievable, man. I think it was 21 I started fighting. Um, but I can't remember what I was doing at 15. 
Like I've said this in fucking hundreds of podcasts and interviews, but I was legit in bushes finding sticky pornos and fucking <laughs> playing soldiers with my mates and all that. Like these young boys are absolute animals at fifteen, can strike, can wrestle, can grapple, conditioned well and ripped. Man, if I can even put fucking two two of the same soaks on when I was fifteen, fourteen, but <laughs> Aye, so played football, jumped about the streets, done all the usual shit. Um, played for Houghton Colts all my life, basically. Scored a shitload of goals. That's always good. It was scoring goals. A striker. Aye, uh, scoring goals and winding people up. Uh, I'm still not bad at that actually. <laughs> <laughs> um, then I went to amateur and that, but I took up MMA at twi- when I was about twenty-one. Just went to the local sports centre in Hawtown, Key Hardy Sports Centre, famous. Uh, San Siro <laughs> and um, it was just like bring a mat suit guys just showing you fucking get some jiu jitsu and a wee bit of rolling and stuff like that and I went down with I bought me fucking stupid UFC Cosma I don't even know what I was thinking about I didn't even watch UFC I didn't know really what it was I knew Chuck Waddell and Tito Ortiz that was it and uh, I just started for there me and my mate my mate came and fell away for it and we moved for the sports centre and the arrange gym in um, Wishy it was Team Raw. And we were shit, man. Our team was shit. I don't know why. I won my first three amateur fights and I didn't know what I was doing. Do you think if you had started at 15 or 16 like these boys are, then now you'd be even better? Oh, aye. Fuck, I'd be a black belt in Jiu-Jitsu anyway. I'm not far off that, but I'd have been... Aye, I just thought, like, if when I talk to these wee guys and people that want to join, I'm, I'm always saying I wish I did it at that age, but... Well, I think it was fucking out when I was, was that age, you know what I mean? It was it's still a new sport, I think it's mm-hmm. only 25 year old MMA, it's, it's weird. Uh, it's one of the fastest growing sports. I know, man. Really? 25 years is not a long time, you know what I mean? So, I, we had a couple of fighters in that gym, and, but we didn't have a lot of, like, they, uh, sometimes I would show up and I was like the only one there, and I had like two fights come, sometimes I would get, I was I like to fight all the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, I would book like one or two or three fights down the line and all that. So I had no training partners. So I went, moved out to uh, Scottish Hits School in Coke Bridge with Brian. But they were only doing jiu-jitsu at the time. So they were renting a Thai gym for two sessions a week. And I went there and it was just all jiu-jitsu. And Brian's like, look, look I'll corner you if you want your fight. And then I became, they cornered me in my, my fight in Inverness that time. And... That was the first ever fight under Scottish Hit Squad. Right. The first ever MMA fight. What were you thinking getting up there? Um, I was fighting a Thai guy um, and I won me a triangle in the third round or something. And I, was, I remember because my mates were it was on the stage. My mates were on the stage and like when I won, I jumped the cage like and the, st- the stage was there. <laughs> so I'm on top of the cage and they're there and I just kind of grabbed them like fucking... Like somebody scored a winner from other or something like they run out of the crowd just right there. And but they had a barrier. <laughs> Fucking like just crushed the barrier. I crushed the barrier. My mate at the front whip broke all his ribs. <laughs> so <laughs> crushed at the front. But I remember I remember that fight. Brian and James cornered me and that was the first time ever. And I was fucked going out the third round and they done the old, the old bucket trick. Like they came in with the, the bucket and they kicked the bucket of water off. So the water went everywhere in the cage and gave me an extra couple of that minutes cleaning it up, man. So that's the first time I've ever seen that getting done. And, and I end up winning the third round. So I suppose you'd like, probably take a mad squad up as well. That eh? was mental, mate. Like them up on that stage was bonkers. So that was like the start of the hit squad. And then after that, a lot of the guys for Team Raw came to my gym. 
and that um, that gym fucking went finito and fuck knows what happened. shit went down with the coach as well but we won't get into that and it's still the same two boys in the corners for you? Uh, right now aye they're still on your team anyway aye Brian's my coach aye aye, aye, aye fuck aye um, James is uh, it was James Campbell at the time he's he's, uh, he's left um, to the, go the other stuff he wasn't a fighter anyway he would just like to train but he he drove up to Inverness it was that time um, but aye so that was like the start I had like 13 or 14 amateur fights before I turned professional and now I've had you know, like 20 professional fights what was uh, did you win all your amateur fights or did you oh no I did a fuck man mm. um, I, I was quite even even because Amateur and MMA is all about experience. Like it's just getting learning, and I fought all the all the top guys. I fought like the top ten in Scotland and right. the UK and that. So I think it was like I think I'd lost five, one seven five, and what drew one. But the, I drew against the number one guy, and, and I, sm- I smashed him. So I should have won that. One. So I got a lot of experience in amateur, and I fought all the tough guys. So where people would. Could like fight shite guys and get a good record, then go into pro and just get smashed because they weren't used to yeah. fighting a guy that was decent. Sure. I mean, so, so that's why I say to the guys in the gym, see if they lose an amateur fight, so I'm like, I lost about don't six, man. What about it? What about that? I mean, so, so I, that's what it is all about is getting experience and learning and fighting the best and getting used to fighting in front of crowds. And because, guy, I'm sure he's having a fought ever. No, like, what, can you not like, tell? an actual fight. <laughs> Uh, we'll try later on um, in the cage like now that's a roller coaster uh, emotions not just like the build up of the, the months of training that's easy because you don't think about it but the day of the fight when you wake up especially if the new I'm alright now because I've done I've had like 31 fights or something but like if the new guys like uh, terrified aye, aye. aye you're up you're doing you maybe feel sick maybe be sick maybe need a shit like and then Nerves, you've got family out there, friends, you think you've got to let people down. What if I dare ask? What if I freeze when the guys are like, Oh, you're too up, then it's you, you're, you're shitting yourself, then you're up. Like, I've seen people saying that, I don't want to go out there, I don't want to go out there, no, no, I mean, so it's. Do you think it'll ever get to a stage where you're no hint like that, or will you always have that? And if you don't I, have that, is that you've got to have Like, I don't, I don't get nervous now, no, um, no, because you just get, it's like, yeah, now it's like. You just get used to it. It just gets smoother and smoother, just like your training and like your technique. If you're a beginner, like if you see, to us, I say this all day, if you see two beginners rowing or sparring for the first time, two beginners, it's dead tense and they're like, like they'll grab and they'll use all their energy or they'll be erratic. And, but the more you do it, the more you do it, it's smoother, it's nicer, it's more relaxed. And more comfortable. Exactly. It, so it's just, I, I feel that's the same way with fighting. Like, on a on fight day, you're more calm, you're more relaxed. Obviously, the bigger the occasion, the bigger the fight. Maybe it's won't tell you. Maybe it's for a title. You'll get a wee bit of butterflies. But really, if you're a fighter and you've been training so hard, then you know what you're got to do and what you need to do. Then it should be easy to control that. But everybody's different. <laughs> it was uh, when you seen that professional contract coming in front of you. Was it a no-brainer then? Cause I seen that you, you had two offers, didn't you? The, European one? I had a cage, cage Warriors one, yeah. uh, a five fight deal. And I thought I was got to sign it. And, and Cage Warriors, just for instance, you get about a grander, you get a grander fight with a hundred quid if you win. I mean, that's 1100 quid, which is shite. 
Um, and how and is that you think how many fights am I going to get a year is this worth uh, it or is it not just that but you, uh, Cage Wars is one of the big, biggest in Europe and it's a good it's a platform in the UFC and it's good for it's shown in BT Sports and UFC Fight Pass and stuff like that so it's a good audience for sponsors as well but when Bellator come jam like that's no comparison like not even talking about money it's just it's night and day man Um and it's better to know. I mean, them and the UFC are rivals. Um, do you think there's as, as good a pathway into the UFC or do they just see themselves as we're competing with you? Yeah, they're competing with the UFC. Like, mm. a lot of people do say that, like, oh, a couple here then go to the UFC, but that's not even in my mind, man. I'm just, I'm already doing better money than some of the UFC fighters. Sure. So, <laughs> so like, and, and it goes, my, my contract can go up every win, so... If I put a couple of wins I'm, I'm laughing, know what I mean? Then the time we come round to negotiate my next contract, then fucking I'm buy, buying that big house in the hotel, know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> but as I say, it's like the money isn't the fact of me, but if you've got a day fighting full time, you still need to pay your bills. Well, you that's security, don't you? Yeah, you still need to pay your motor, your flat, your food, um, all your bills, and you still need to get by in life. So people say, oh, it's not about the money and that, but if you're trying to get by in a, a, a grander fight, a uh, cage warrior's contract, you've got to struggle, you need to, I, I work the door as well, uh, I do some PTs here and there, but... Up and skish. Aye. No fast here. You saw regulars? I'll try to stay away from I'm sure I've seen you in there before. Is, uh, have you the worst fight in the ring or in skish, that's the question. Um, I've only, see, I've done a door for years and years and years, I've only been hot once, I chucked a big guy out. I couldn't be sure. He just kicked off. No one getting there, but and I took him to the door, and I thought he was he was on his way out. And the guy just I turned back, and the guy just ran back and just stood at me. I told him right there for the side, man. A few weeks out of a fight, and oh, I just kept, to took it like a champ, though. Like he got f- dragged out or whatever, and I just like I thought it was a guess, but it was my fault. I thought well, I turned my back, and I was pure schoolboy, there, but I thought he was on his way out. So that's the only time I've ever, anybody's even. Attempted to lift their hands mm-hmm. at me, and I've worked everywhere, all the UK festivals, Kaluk, like Motherwell for eight, for years and years, and that's the only time. I've, Where was like, that? Was that in Motherwell? I was in Scotch, man. Was it? Yeah, it was last year, man. Last year <laughs> before my fight. Think um, people see you as a target now that you've been on the telly and you're in the papers and you're becoming a big name. Uh, no, though, I, when I'm in working in Scotch, I get all the oh, what are you doing this for? Like, because I want to work. I need to work still. Not mean. But don't get me wrong, it's, there's a lot of them just come for pictures. I get mugged out all the time, half my boys, like people just queuing up for pictures and all that. You're supposed to be working, I'm like, I'm trying to keep the customers happy, you know what I mean? I'm just like, oh, I get to fuck. <laughs> but uh, I enjoy it, it's like, and I know all my mates study the doorway, the security way, and know everybody behind the bar, so it's, I know everybody that comes in, so it's a good laugh, man. If it's, if it's busy, I'll just talk away to people and it just flies in, you know what I mean? But it's no good. If I'm training the next day or whatever, I'm sure, not getting any three and four, not I mean, and a backup at eleven just say or whatever. But that's the only downside. But I'm taking it down to just a day now, so just a Friday. So bit quieter than a Saturday for you. Oh, it's definitely quieter on a Saturday. And how does your training schedule? What does it look like? I mean, you say so you've got this fight coming up in June in London. If you're now to then, which how does that look? What I find, I'm not the biggest. Uh, knowledgeable person when it comes to MMA but you obviously have to cut a lot yeah, it's, that, it's almost yeah. a bit of a controversial no, I, thing in the sport well, I'm sitting at 81kg now and I fight at 70kg so I've got 11kg that's what fucking 
20 pound or something. Mm-hmm. So, four week time, I need to lose that. Do you find but, it hard? I do, I do find it hard, it's tough, but I've, I've been doing it that long, I've got a process, and it's pretty easy. <laughs> well, it's not easy, it's tough. <laughs> but come, I get it down gradually with my diet and my training, and then come fight week, I'm usually about 7 kilo, 77, perfect would be 77, sometimes I've been a wee bit higher, but I still get there. Got my carbs out, I water load, I do my salt baths, the saunas the night before and the morning of the way in. Take it down to that weight. But How long do you sit in them for? Hours, baths, hours. But you're dehydrated for like a day Aye. and you're trying all that shit. It's, it's no good, but people will say, oh, how do you do that? I want to do it, especially lassies. That one weight. Kidding on them, I always wait on them, like a fucking stick. But you're like, I only do this for a couple of hours until we in, then I drink one and it all goes back on. So it's not like in... It's dangerous. It's no something I would pass on to It's not good for your body, is it? Oh, somebody try to find a fucking wedding dress, not me. No something I would pass on. It's it's not good and it's it's rang and it's dangerous. So I think they've changed that in the sport. Well, they've got an organisation called One FC. I don't know if you've heard of that in Asia. No. And they they do like weigh in uh, weigh checks like right. through your camp. So you need to be a certain weight here. Then two weeks out, you need to weigh in here. So you're not drastically cutting a lot of weight. Right. Because when you're dehydrating yourself, you're draining all the the water for your brain and stuff. Sure. And then that's how when you see people take me knocks, and you can see them get knocked out. It's so easy. That's that's really That's why. So why? Why I cut a lot, a shitload of weight. Then the time I fight the next day, I'm I be back up at a different weight division. I'm be up to welterweight, which is seventy seven kilo, seventy to seventy seven. I mean, I'm... feel a bit out of the game for that day though. Do you feel like? I'm spaced out a bit dizzy. Aye, ah, you can, uh, like, even the next day, like, you see, my, my face changes a wee bit, and you can feel it in your body, like, there's something, there's something different about you, you feel uh, like you've left your body a wee bit. Uh, but uh, it's just the way they do it, man. Like, if I didn't do it, I would get these killers cutting down for fucking, like, heavyweight down to there, so I would, I need to do it so we're all the same size, exactly, really, not me. Exactly. About your Newcastle fight then, that was your, your first one on telly, eh? <laughs> it was it Channel 5, wasn't it? Aye, old Channel 5, man, fuck, that was some buzz. See, when they told you it was going to be on telly, I bet you were absolutely buzzing. Aye, I wasn't. Because you've no had it that you have been, you I know, you've been out there and putting yourself in a public Because it, it's the highest of highs, but if you lose, the, the nation's seen you getting your ass whooped, uh-huh. man. Um, good for, lucky enough for me... His ass got whipped, but um, how quick was it? Thirty seconds? No, it was two minutes. Two minutes. minutes I'm giving you more credit. Aye, I could have done that, but I just dragged it a wee bit. (laughs) (laughs) But um, obviously, I was a heavy underdog. Terry was a two-weight world champion. I was like sixty-one, sixty-one on or something. So, oh, your family and friends have you in? Aye, my mate's not got a good got a good punt on me, but. I send them my fucking bet slips when I'm warming up. I probably shouldn't be looking at my phone, but it's a, I just like looking at... Sometimes, distracted. Sometimes I feed off like the good, the, the positive comments and positive yeah. messages, so I'll look through it. Like I'll put a wee end picture up or a, um, a square up picture on the night before, the day before and stuff, and it just goes mental for that shit. And, uh, like, even, like, even sometimes when I'm like having a shit day at training or like, like a shit fight camp like maybe I'm feeling down or something I, I'll look at past fights past pictures past comments and I'll read that and that, that's like right this is why I date and uh-huh. I'm actually no bad at it so so I think I was reading like comments and that just to get me up a wee bit and 
And then my mates were fucking texting me like, we <laughs> bookie slips with like 200 quid. No pressure, no pressure mate. I was like, phone off, fuck this shit, man. <laughs> so stuff like that. Like the clubs and pubs around about here were showing my fight, having like parties. And I'd seen a video uh, in New York. I must be a Scottish guy, told him to put it on. And, and pubs around about here, like, jumping about celebrating. Like, like something I would watch like, if Celtic were playing. Like, yeah. people just jump about like a goal. And I was like, that's weird, man, but it's, it's the coolest thing in the world. Do you know, as, as I say, I'm not a massive MMA fan, but I think everybody, and I don't know if it's just because I'm financial, yeah. everybody was behind you. I feel, I feel you looked on Twitter and, or Facebook, and every single person was going, oh, I hope he does yeah, it. I hope no, he I does was it. Holloway like, so Town was definitely behind me, but I did feel like Scotland was behind me, and I was like, oh, this, what is this on my shoulders? This uh-huh. is pressure. And I had, as I say, that wee the documentary thing following my book. So I was just like, this is, all, to the this is all adding on, man. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't want my documentary to be like fucking Rocky and, <laughs> and I'm getting beat at the end of it, you know what I mean? Like, who wants to see that shit? Um, so, and then when I won, and the way I won, and it was just like, oh, this weight just been after me. Because I'm, I'm hanging about this cunt for the last two months. And he was just being a dick. I'm a dick, right? But, like, I was being honest how the fight, I thought the fight was going to go. I thought it was going to be three hard rounds, he's tough. I thought, shit, I'm not, I need to work for this. And then he, he didn't, he just thought he was going to run through me, and that's, that was his downfall. And even walking out, it was smug, and even after it, he was a cunt, so I couldn't have happened to a better guy, to be fair. Um, so it all just, it was like a fairy tale ending for me. And you were up on top of the cage again? Aye. Early cage, I got the cage, aye. Jordy Shorelock? Aye, I was looking for a fucking... What's his name, Aramis? Scotty T. Aye. Scotty called me like a non- I was arguing with him. He called me like a nonce, and I was just like, "I'll remember it because I will see you." Um, was he there? He was there, but yeah. I didn't see when I was what jumped out of the cage like the Bellator crew. Who the fuck is that? Rude, rude, is he? That's folks saying you good luck messages again. Ah, in case you're feeling down. I get the SLT fuck airplane mode. Sorry about that. Apologies. Can I have my shit over here? He's got his own podcast, I know you should know about him. <laughs> no. no, I've always like, that is terrible for him, man. So, uh, what were we talking about, Brady? No. He jumped into that fence. Oh, I know that cunt. So, I was actually running around the cage. The Bellator uh, brassies are like, listen, before it, like. You behave yourself? Aye. Don't wear a cage. Don't swear on the mic and all this shit. I said, aye, no problem. And then, obviously, how it went doing. I just jumped up and I was looking for them, just looking for this shitty cast. I didn't know where they were sitting. And I went around and I was still looking. I don't know where the fuck I was doing, man. I was just pure. Aye. I'm, I'm glad I didn't see him because I would have actually Eric Cantona had him <laughs> right in the front row, man, and I would have been sacked, made the papers or whatever. But but after after I went back and I came back out to watch some of the fights and I actually seen him. He was just banger, and like he walked by me, and I, I was like, "Oh, you a cunt!" And he, he looked in, and he just he just kept kept walking away, and my mates were just like, "Oh, it's alright, just leave it and all that." And then Charlotte came up, and I I said something about Charlotte and all. But on Twitter, I said something about her deep throat and all that. I can't remember <laughs> what it was, uh, and she walks up, and I'm like, "What's happening, Charlotte, man?" And she's just like, oh, "Hi, how are you?" And I'm like, "You don't have a clue who I'm. But I'll talk to you anyway." <laughs> And she was just being nice. She was just trying to be friendly, by the way. She knew who I was. Um, Do you think they've chucked him in there to get that, to raise the profile of it? I don't know, man. I honestly don't know. Because um, you were hoping to line him up next, but he got beat, didn't he? Aye, they were never ever going to date, mate. But no. he, he started saying my name, and that's what was getting me a bit excited. But I think after I demolished Terry and that hillbilly beat him, it's like, well, 
I think when that fighting, I don't think it would ever ever happen anyway. You touched on it earlier, says it was like uh, celebrating a Celtic goal. Suppose that uh, in this, this part of the world it's almost divided. Do you feel like there's half the folk are there for you and half them are against you? Aye, definitely. But that's my own fault. Like, I'm not a bit out there with Celtic. Like, I've supported them since I've been a baby. Um, but it's like what you say is about you wouldn't move away from Holytown. You're not going to change who you are, are you? No, no. Two, two of my best pals are fucking Rangers fans. They're ugly, but they're still Rangers fans, not <laughs> me. And, and I love them in pieces. So, like, that doesn't bother me. I, I, I'm honest with Celtic. I'm honest. Um, if, if Rangers beat us, I'll, I'll see my honest opinion. But I like. Do you ever get pelters for Rangers fans? I do, man. Like, the last couple of weeks, I've been getting it tight, actually, man. Um, I just laugh at them, though. But um, I just know, down the line, I mean, I'm going to lose at some point. Uh-huh. I just know I'm going to get it tight after them. I've got to jump on it. And, and really so, you know what I mean? Really so. Yeah. But I just smile, but it's, it's all good. Uh, but. I mean, see my fans are Celtic fans, so that's like when I go to the games, I get mobbed and that, so I, I can feel that they've, they've got my back. Um, but I'm not trying to please everybody anyway, so I, I'm a Celtic fan, it's just, just the way it is. You go to quite a lot of the games? I go to them all, aye. I suppose, did you not say that you, before you became professional? I think I might have heard this on another podcast. You were, you were working somewhere else and your boss popped you into the office and was saying ah uh, yeah I, that's how I lost my job um, I've worked in a steelworks for years and years and years at Ravenscrieger um, XL Steelworks but in New Houston industrial estate fuck don't know if they can see me XL <laughs> um, so uh, I worked there but it was a fucking dive man absolute dead end job people well, it's only five years right but they took sickies every single day and I'm not saying this I was always in my cell and I loved the guys to bits man but I was always in my cell raging driving forklifts cutting steel but I would take sickies I've had no holidays left I'd take sickies to like train in Dublin train in Iceland go away with Celtic to Germany away games and and at one point I went to I went to doing England to fight you know what and, like I went to training with Celtic at Lennoxtown the team but I said what were you playing or were you no I was training with them right uh, so I was I had to say, to say to my boss she was a woman and uh, that I did a hospital and I went away fucking zoom right up to Lennox down as you do you know what I mean they would do that wouldn't they if it's Aye. a team that's a pro would she if you'd asked would she give you half no she, she turned around and said that I wouldn't ever come out right. she's like I would if you just told me if it was for that uh, but then <laughs> we fucking <laughs> So the day I went to Iceland for a week or something like that, and then I went to Dublin to train, I came back. I knew I was getting a disciplinary, but I was the only one that could use all the machines. I was never off. I was like, I'll get a slap my wrist and all, and I came in, man, and it was like this desk, and she had a folder, and I was just sitting there, and I've got this stupid, awkward laugh. Like, I can't get out. I've had it for school, man. And uh, she's just gone through this this binder and I can see four bits of paper but I can see through it and it was me like I was in Dusseldorf with Celtic and I was with like three Asian tourists <laughs> and uh, they were saying like uh, Shunsky, Shunsky Nakamura and I was like aye Nakamura so I was getting a picture with these these three uh, quite good looking man Asian tourists and I had seen that picture it was from Instagram I have seen it right through the bit of paper and I couldn't stop laughing she's like do you think this is funny Chris? Christopher was like, this is my f- what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> and then she puts it like fucking on this desk. That, but was your the... Instagram private? No, man. Your first mistake? Off, but she's about 60, you know what I mean? <laughs> so all these printouts, man. And she brings you papers, newspapers. 
me with the Celtic team, me winning titles, me in Dublin, me in Iceland. And this day, you said you were at the hospital, but here, <laughs> boom. I was like, see, I, I was like, get interrogated with the fucking FBI or something. And I just, I, I just laughing like, ah, you got me, man. I mean, what can you fucking say, man? And I was like, I'm still golden, man. We're golden. I can still use all the, the machinery. I've been here for about fucking eight years. Um, Raging? Aye, next day, man, boom, bullet. I couldn't believe it. I was in absolute shock, man. Um, I was just like, shit, what am I going to do? How am I going to pay my motor, my, my flat, blah, 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 my rent, and that? And that's where I went full-time fighting. Um, and I've been on an absolute tear since, so it was the best thing that ever happened to me, man. So think cheers. It, think uh, it was fake? My destiny. <laughs> How long <laughs> after that did you get your contract? Well... Was there a panic for a few weeks? Were you thinking, oh, no? No, no, I was still fighting on, on other big shows. After that, I fought in, like, the Manchester Arena for ACB. It was a big Russian show. Like, biggest arena in the UK. Won me a flying triangle, which was never done. Um, then I fought in the Hydro, biggest arena in Scotland. Then I fought Fletcher in uh, Sunderland. I got fight the year. So we're going to be better there. Uh, fought a few in Scotland, won titles. And then I got my, then I got my contract. So it was a blessing. I, I've, had to, I've had to work for it. I've had some hard fights and been a mad journey, but we got there in the end, know what I mean? How are you feeling about this London fight? Don't just be your usual cocky selling, so you're going to stroll it. Oh, I've strolled anything, man. Well, I've strolled a few, but... Uh, no, this has got to be a tough fight, man. Uh, Charlie Leary is legit. Good hands, man. Good boxer. Heavy hands, nice and long. Hard to take down, durable. Tough as nails. I think it's got to go three, but I also said that about Terry and I can finish it, so anything can happen, but I'm already I'm mentally preparing myself for a war because he's always in wars and, and I'm prone to a few wars myself, so... If you prepare for that, then anything else is a bonus, really, totally. just like the Brazer fight, because I, I was in such shock, because I, I thought it was actually going three three hard rounds with a possibility of me losing the fight, because it was so good, but I think all my day, I can beat anybody, if I'm going in with the right mindset, and knee injuries, and I'm, I know I've put the, the work in, I had a good weight cut, I think I can beat anybody in that division, so I'm just, just enjoying this wee journey I'm on now, and... Long may it continue. Is it on the telly again, Channel 5, or is it a different channel? It's on Channel 5, and it's on Sky Sports, but... Where is it? It's the middle of June, end of June? 22nd of June. Um, it's a Saturday. But it's the biggest card of the year. It's in London, biggest show. So they've got a world title fight, Masasi, got Paul Daly, Melvin Manhoof, Jimmy Gal. So we've got some good fights. So I don't think I'm on the main card, so I think I'm like just under the main card. There's like 16 fights, okay. and I'll be on like 10th, right. something like that. So, so will be able to watch it or no? Uh, they'll be able to watch it online, definitely, but right. whether I get the Sky Sports or the Channel 5 spot, it all depends on the night. Maybe I'll get some injuries, maybe I'll get pushed up, I sure. don't know. So, you'll be the first to know anyway. That's fine. How many folk are you taking down for holiday time then? <laughs> I don't know, man. Uh, Newcastle was just an up and down job for me, but Ross Diner all night now and that's so, <laughs> Disaster. Aye, well, I'm heading to America the the following day with my coach and Paul and Jimmy because Paul's fighting in the UFC, UFC. the week after. Right. So it's like... Where is what? that? Vegas uh, or? No, it's uh, Minneapolis. Right. In, Indiana or some shit like that. Um, so I so London. So I'll probably party with my boys and then just jump <laughs> on a fucking plane <laughs> and just try to hopefully sleep it, sleep it off. But I. 
they come everywhere, you know what I mean? So it's a dear day out, like traveling about fight uh, ticket money, bus money, your drink and what have you for the mad cunts, you know what I mean? It's it's a dear day out <laughs> for them, man, but they're out, for, they're out for days, not uh, I mean days, like... But they'll love it, because it's seen their mate, aye, they like, today, I've it? seen footage of Newcastle, like, legit in the crowd, the crowd was just moving, there were people falling in their chairs, just celebrating, like a last minute goal at Fitba, people lying in between chairs, just like that, just screaming, like, it's madness, man, it's madness that I can bring a wee bit of joy, I don't know if you've seen, <laughs> I've audited an interview rang yesterday, saying a wee bit, a wee bit of joy into people's lives, when... Yesterday I said that any people's wives. <laughs> a wee bit of joy any, any people's wives. Dangerous. Uh, oh, I couldn't have worded it any better, man. So that's probably it's true weird. as well, don't you? I know, I know. It's <laughs> weird that I can do that to people, like, because I just think I'm just me. I just a normal guy. Just a daft cunt that talks shit sometimes and likes to fight. And that's pe- almost people, what makes it people buy into it because mm, they can relate to you. Do you know what I mean? It's, you know, it's somebody that they've known for a scheme. Just next to them, it's making a difference, you know what I mean? It's, it's not, I'll, I'll never change as a person. Um, never ever. Like, it annoys me, people. Like, maybe get a wee bit big for their boots or like, think they're better than people. I've never thought I've been ever, because like, I don't go anything now, but I've, I've, been, I've had nothing before, like, really, really nothing. And you just get by like, with your fae and like, your family and stuff like that, so I, I would never, uh, I would never treat anybody different for like if they didn't have money or the stuff they wore or like see, you know what it's like now people online and that like, we may see the Instagram cunts with a with a fake life anyway just uh, uh, just for a picture. Post a photo. It's madness, man. Uh, so, so I was there's a lot I more pressure on folk nowadays, isn't it? Aye, to have that Instagram life. Exactly, get the young ones growing up now, like, and that's what a lot of suicide comes into it and stuff like that. They're trying to be somebody they know and maybe they can do what they want and. They're insecure and then they're getting bullied or if they know what that's just it's madness, man, how the world works these days. And on that note, you've you've done a lot for local charity Chrissy's house as well, haven't you? Aye, how did aye. you get involved with that, was it? It was through uh, one of my best friends, Liam Fagan. Um, I'm also best friends with his brother Daniel and Sean. Like I'm quite close to the family, I've always been all my life. Uh, he lost his father at suicide and he started his end me charity day in Hollytown. So before I just took over it, like just like six or seven years group of friends as I say and it's like a charity day in Hollytown football tournament during the day and then like a disco and a raffle bands, DJs at night it's, it's quite a cool day man and mm-hmm. um, the tournament's called the Paul Fagan Memorial Cup so I go I go um, introduced to Chrissy South through Liam because he was that was a charity Liam was um, um, raising awareness and money for helping money for so You've now got them on your shorts as well, don't you? Aye, right. uh, I got to know Anne, who who is the, the founder of Chrissy's house. It was her son, Chris, that obviously passed away years ago. And the work they're doing up there is, is unbelievable. Uh, I know Andy McLaren through it, and he's doing great stuff. There's hundreds of workers up there that are doing a lot of stuff behind the scenes that a lot of people don't know about. But and it's not just people that, you know, it's, it's MD that's been affected in it so it's mothers and brothers and Aye. daughters and whoever that can go along and almost get support in and it you know yourself you know yourself this area is, 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 is rife with it and uh, it's, a, it's, it's tragedy like I think everybody's been affected one way or another through suicide somebody you know or somebody you love or a friend and that 
even people like maybe your favourite singer like Linkin Park or your favourite actor Robin Williams stuff like that it's everywhere mm-hmm. know what I mean it's it's almost that, that worry that it's becoming too normalised yeah. it? you know like the more people hear about it they definitely. see it as a way out, definitely you know? right. but I've done the, the walk, walk into the light or whatever it's called the last weekend aye right. and, and that was like 1500 people man and it was it's like um, for people that don't know uh, they'll meet at the science centre all wearing our yellow t-shirts um, and it's like four in the morning you start the walk and we started it the, the whole town uh, ones where Paul Fagan Memorial Flag we actually started the walk round like the Clyde at the, the hydro bit and as you get back down it's like you're walking into the daylight and the sunrise and all that 1500 people man it was fucking it was brilliant you bump into people you know people that's been affected Um and it's, it's it's like it's a revolution man mm. like so many people are trying to help and try to raise awareness and all through Anne that started this and and God bless her what an inspirational woman aye. Yeah. strong woman she's mental she's met or not man she get her on here she, aye, she, she, she would she would I'll get her on going forward um, but. she's mad uh, but aye God but bless you know, her see, it, it speaks of volumes about Anne that off the back of something terrible, she's went out and made such a difference to exactly. other people's lives. So. Exactly, man. What, uh, so what's the future bring then? You told us just before we started filming, you've got a documentary coming on. <laughs> I hope it's nothing to do with people's wives and it's actually about your career. I have got to change my fine name to the housewife's choice. <laughs> um, so a uh, documentary, BBC. So a few years back, um, students from Stirling University came to me and asked me to if they'd like to do a documentary on uh, basically my life. And I was like, aye, well, I've got a fight coming up. You can maybe do that, but I was like, aye, aye. Perfect, man. So they came to the gym, filmed me, filmed some stuff about me. Basically, um, the way, the, the angle they were going at was I punched somebody in the football park uh, and it kind of changed my life about. That's the angle they, were, they went at. I didn't really like the angle, but they went mate anyway and no and think that's what got you into no because no. I was I was doing it before that but it, it definitely uh, it's like a wake up call almost. aye definitely oh definitely like I've no I've no threw a punch outside the gym since that day Um even before then like that was that was the only one I've punched only fight I've been in for like I got 10 years outside the gym, I would say. So I've heard you talk about that before, and that's where almost the, the bad guy tag comes from. Aye, like, well, that's where the not did. actually a bad guy. That's where it did come from. Oh, I'm an animal in the cage, mate, but outside, like, I'm just a normal guy. Um, but when I get in there, I can be a bad bastard, don't get me wrong, because like, I just want to hurt something, you know what I mean? Yeah. But this, this, that's where it came from, and uh, it was just one wee stupid punch. It wasn't even a, it wasn't even a hard punch, and it was just a fight on the football park that went wrong, and... Um, so they, they, they went around that way, like, this changed, then I started helping people in the gym and charity work, which wasn't really the case, but they went with that way anyway, it was still facts in, in the documentary, and then they followed me about for my fight against a Brazilian guy, and um, and the documentary was good, they got my papa in it, and, uh, and stuff like that. And you quite close with your papa? Ah, he's, he's the man, um, I, just, I just left him there, like... That's where I go, I go to the gym, <laughs> wake up, go to the gym, then go to my papa's, we'll watch a film, we'll watch football or whatever. That's brilliant. Then I go to Tesco at a fucking midnight rambler, then go home. That's that's my wee triangle, man. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I, they, they done a good job of it, I enjoyed it. I went to like Stirling Uni 
to watch it. It was quite nerve wracking. Um, the one all they all passed, they all passed their their uh, their uni work and and won all sorts of awards. It won an award last last week for like the 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 British Choice Award. I don't know. Housewives Choice or something. Uh, Housewives Critic. Um, so it's still winning awards, and then so then the message me saying the BBC's got in contact. They've seen our documentary. They want to do a bigger one for the new channel. Brilliant. That's it. Perfect timing, excuse me. Um, I just signed for Bellator. I've got a fight coming up. Do you need to run that past Bellator and say, "Is this all right if we do that?" No. No, but like when they came to the actual event, Bellator. Um, gave them passes so they could come through the back of me right. then come through the front and then they had to buy the footage off of Bellator the actual like the TV footage right. you would get sure. so they can put it on the documentary so so then they came to Dublin with me um, they filmed all my footage in Dublin my training training in the gyms in Dublin jump into the Irish Sea my tooth came out and all that um, is that part of the training regime or that because you've been a daddy <laughs> so I don't know they knows this story well too anyway <laughs> So I had a slack tooth there, um, and it was wobbly all week. And my week in SBG Island is a tough week. <laughs> it's tough sessions. I stay across the road at this wee, this house I've been staying at for years and years. It's wee single bed, so it's like single bed training, single bed, and you're it's nah, tough on the body. But my tooth was wobbly all week, and they were over the cameras. I was just like, should I try and find a dentist? <laughs> Get it glued or what? Or should I wait till I'm home? So at the end of the week, I jump in Irish Sea um, for recovery because it's so fucking freezing. freezing. So they come, the camera crew come, it's called the 40 foot, it's a famous spot in uh, Ireland. And they go to the drone out and all that, and I jump off a rock and all that. Freezing, I come back out. They're about filming, like, right, do you want me to get the drone to fall you in the rock? And I right, and they both <laughs> jumped, jumped in the water. And as soon as I put my head up, I just felt the tooth just coming out. <laughs> <laughs> and I've tried to grab it and it's just like fucking Jack for Titanic just sinking down this IUC <laughs> and I'm just like fuck and it's right there and I don't know if he's a bummer or not had a tiff can't wait to tell this story but you look at it you look like a fucking junkie you know what I mean and I'm like oh my god and then you're talking different and as soon as I'm getting out of the water they're camera and I'm like cut the fucking cameras <laughs> so this is over this is it finished you're too vain uh, and then I'm, I'm getting dragged into some of the locals Irish locals, eight-year-old, nine-year-old guys and women go in this water every morning, and they're like trying to talk to me. They're like, "Oh, it's fresh out there." No, I just like, why are they I just like, just, just couldn't even look at them all the way home. I just like, I know what lassies at work in the, my pals at work in the dentist. Like emergency appointment, flew home, <laughs> just went right to the dentist. Man, oh, it was the worst thing ever. Man. You get a false one there. So uh, it's like a crown. <laughs> so. But they, they were filming, like, and see the moment I come up the water, they've got a picture. They me here, my, oh, my hair's all down flat, and this wee tooth is just here. It's just and your beard. <laughs> so they've actually got it just flown out my mouth. So I, so they go jump in the water for recovery, training island, going about Hawaii where I grew up. Um, my papa, my mum, um, training the gym. And the backstage in Bellator and after it in Bellator. So I don't know what they're cutting or what they're all got to put in it because they've been up to my work and they've met charities and I went and done a lot of stuff for my, a guy that I became friends with called Stephen who had brain tumours and stuff like that. Okay. So they, they went and got an interview after him 
and they were all greeting. And they said it was the best thing about it. So I've not seen any of this. And they stayed with him and watched my fight live with him to get his live reaction, watching no it, jumping about. They asked the date with my pap and my mum, and I kept patching it off because a wee bit of doubt that I could have lost. Right. And I didn't want them still filming and I'm getting beat. And then they're like, let's see how John likes it. My look at my papa. My papa's <laughs> got That's tan and a half and ready to hit something, you know what I mean? <laughs> so, and then when I win, that's the first thing I thought of. I'm like, I wish I'd that moment would have been perfect to see my papa jump about uh, and my mum or whatever. But they go to Stephen, who, who was fighting with brain tumours and that, and they've got him. So I've not seen any of this. That'll be emotional um, to watch back, buddy. Exactly. They've got like, me running around Straffy with the the drone, me jogging for miles in front of me, then underwater I did my swimming, did underwater GoPros. No one in the Straffy out? No, no, I'm a <laughs> fuck man. Piranha's in there. And Bell Salt. So they're using GoPros, different underwater. So all this stuff I might, I might see because it's got to be cool, yeah. man. I mean, so. When's it due out? Next month. Right. Um, I've not got a date yet, but it's next month. Um, Before the fight, do you think? I hope so, man. Aye. That would be a good oh, buzz in the lead aye. up to it, wouldn't it? Well, I might be even getting contact on the say to that. But uh, I'm looking forward to it because I've not seen it, you know what I mean? So, aye, so that was added a wee bit more pressure to my fight, basically, because totally. I think after I'd, I'd done a, um, a post-fight interview, and it's got to be on this documentary, and I was just basically saying, I didn't know what to lose, I didn't want to be fucking rocky, you know, and then I was just like, I'm no fucking, I'm fucking rocky, because I won, you know, I like people just shouting, losing my shit. Did you get a hell yeah, uh, like you did in the ring? I don't know, I don't know what I did. I was like, still cold, man. I always thought, hey, like, if, I, if I'm fighting in an arena, I've always thought of dating Glasgow, if I made it to the big show, Hydro, everybody's on, on my side, I just finish a fight early, I, was, I would say, if you fucking love that, give me a hell yeah. They would say hell yeah and I'll just get the fuck out of here and that was it. And um, I don't know why. I was like, fuck it, I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. And then I went to walk at the cage and like, no, you need to go the other door. And I'm like, oh, I did turn back. And I just ruined it, man. Why not just let me the door and have a moment, you fucking cock. But, you watched um, too much wrestling, man. Aye, aye. I should have hurt me a stunner, that cunt. Um, but aye. Is <laughs> that, that going to be a hang going forward now? I think I would probably say it, then I would still stay for for an interview. <laughs> just just to get them to shout hell yeah again and I would, I would like, what are you got to say now, man? So or I don't know. I was thinking about fucking just bolting, like I always thought if I knock somebody out or submit at them quick, just get the fuck out, just go up the ramp and just, just cool. bolt, man. But then I would always think I'd leave my, my, my coaches, my teammates here and they would be like, oh, I, guess, I guess we were leaving then. And then like, they would want you to get your M race and that. But I've always loved to just knock something out and just, that's it. Job done. Well, right out. Pay me. What's your entrance music? It's Bad Moon Rising. Uh, Creedence Clearwater Revive was a song for the, the 60s. Um, I was going to say it's a Ronnie Dyler song, but these are my little fans. Um, you know what Bad Moon Rising is? No? Aye, aye. Right. aye. It's that one. It's always been that one. It's been my first pro fight. Um, I love Creedence. It's a band for the 60s, as it says. Um, so I don't think I'll ever change it. Right. Unless I would uh, fight in Dublin, I would maybe put a wee bit of rebel music in, <laughs> in at the start, then kick into Bad Moon Rising, maybe. I maybe be fighting in Dublin in September as well, so... Are you? Is maybe. that an exclusive? No exclusive, but I think they've got to be pushing for it, because just fighting a certain guy. Uh, sure. We'll see. What about America? You're wanting to go there, aren't you? Oh, definitely. Well, that's... As I said, I didn't have a plan. never had a plan to be like a world champion and that. These, some of these fighters say... Um, I'm got former uh, future world champion. I've got to be world champion. I mean, 
I don't think half of them really believe it. I think they need to see it being a fighter. They're like, I need to say that. Like, so I've never really wanted to be a world champion. Well, no wanted. Oh, they want to be, but never. Don't be my dream to be a world champion. But the mayor they're talking now. That's like, I want them to bring them to the hydro. Belters now beat the hydro, and I think I could. Oh, I could do. I, I could. Yeah. I don't think I could sell out. I'd like to, but. I could put a good dent in it. I don't so. know if you put the rebel music on. Oh, you know. I could <laughs> better cut that for I'd the hydro. I'd get attacked, man. Um, <laughs> so I'd love to bring Belto to the hydro, man. I'd love that. Uh, I think if I win, beat Charlie, then create that momentum, then I think I could. I've got a good enough following, like, on social media, everybody wants it as well. So do that. The hydro, and then maybe America. I'd like to fight in, like, New York. Be brilliant. Um, uh, Bellator don't do show, shows in Vegas but they like California Chicago New York uh, Madison Square Garden that Madison Square Garden would be aye, that would be brilliant so yeah. so aye that would be quite cool um, but just one at a time you know what I mean you know uh, try to, ahead of you sir aye it's a bit hard note but Charlie's a good fighter so I need, I need to deal with that first I know it's a war coming that's just like face is fucked and I feel like I've been in a war Listen, thanks very much for coming on. No, man. Good luck with your pleasure. fight. I appreciate that, Top man. man. Do you know what I want to know, right? Because when we finish, right, we'll get a photo for right, like, okay. people on the internet. Why do, like, if you're getting a photo of fighters, they do that, man? Because I'm not really, I look ah, a bit weak if I do that. Just smile, mate, I don't know. It's just, just like, you wouldn't go to a football player and, like, try a heater? Like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'd jump up with a boot. But uh, I don't know, it's weird because, like, like fight, fighters do that. that um, Jiu-Jitsu guys do this. I said you got something for the grapplers, man. Uh, and I just do this. But, uh, I don't know, man. I don't know. I this that that. Aye, that's like a one's uh, one's like if you're really killing it. I don't it. know, mate. Must think you're hard if you're doing that. Yeah, we'll maybe leave that one. Aye, nice one. Thanks very much, Dave. Yeah. That's listened to this episode of the DW podcast. Hope I didn't talk too much, shit. You were alright. Yeah, I think so. I don't know, man. And we'll get him on after he's won his <laughs> next fight to talk about how it. he's going to go to America and take over the world. Oh, yes. Like pinky in the brain. Please like and subscribe if you've not done already and please go back and listen to the previous episodes. Thanks very much. Cheers. Cheers.